You're listening to Let's Unpack That. Now let's get started. Hello, hello, welcome back. I am all the way in Toronto, or excuse me, Toronto, uh, Canada today, uh, filming with my friend, one of my best friends. Um, I'm really excited. And um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed last week's um, episode where I spoke with Luca Maurer, uh, who is the director of the LGBTQ Center at Ithaca College, which is where I went to college. So, you know, it's all that in a bag of chips. Um, and if you don't think it is, don't say anything. Um, but this time, since it's June, I thought it would be really appropriate to have a special episode on Pride Month and sort of talking about what does Pride mean to myself and the person who's going to be joining me in a couple seconds. Um, what does it mean to us? Why is it important? Why do we need uh, months or days or weeks where we celebrate various um, groups? You know, so Black History Month and all those different times in which we're celebrating a particular group, usually marginalized. Um, why are those necessary and why do we still have them? Um, and I'm joined today again by my best friend, Dirk Rodericks. Hello, Dirk. Hello. Yeah. So Dirk lives here in Toronto with his partner. Dirk, you are a PhD candidate yeah. at the University of Toronto. And yes. what are you studying? Uh, education, critical race theory and uh, critical studies. So hella smart, hella smart, y'all. Um, Dirk and I went to graduate school at the University of Vermont where um, we got our master's in education with a focus on um uh, higher education, student affairs administration. Uh, we met there, what was that, 25th? No, not 2015, 2013. 2013. Yeah, 2013, and we become best. No, was it? Yeah, 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 2011 to 2013. Wow, okay, it's, it's been a minute. Um, yeah, so we met there in Burlington, Vermont, and we're in the same cohort and have been besties ever since. Ever since I moved up to Ithaca, I have come to Toronto probably what 30 times now yeah, just to hang lot, out a lot of times yeah exactly so i am loving my first time in toronto was coming to visit dirk um and folks who do not know toronto is technically where queerest folk was filmed so you know i took my behind the woodies do you remember that first time that we oh went god, to woodies cried. i cried you oh wet. my god quick story so we're in woodies and i took pictures in front of the stoop because the stoop looks exactly the same as it does in the show Obviously, inside, it looks drastically different because, you know, they had to do some different things for the show itself to make it probably more, a better yeah. space to film. But, so the inside does not look anything like uh, the Woody's on the show. But we're there. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, we're really in Woody's and this is it. Because for me, Queer as Folk was, you know, the show that really helped me connect with my sexual orientation and sexuality and go, whoa. I think I'm gay, right? And it was also a huge part of representation, right? Like absolutely. Where, where, where in that 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 time did you have uh, a show that had gripped, right? The, that had gripped uh, the queer community in a in a very visceral way, exactly, and, and represented different kinds of queer community in right. that one show. Yes, right? yes. Now, now, many people we can critique queer folk and say, like, say I can love it and also critique the, the, the shit out of it, but recognizing that there were no people of color except for Dijon, who was the flight attendant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I definitely didn't see every aspect of myself, and there, I don't think there was a strong representation of trans people at all. There were a couple of episodes, maybe, but not really at all. So it was all white mm-hmm. cis 
people, um, mainly men. So, you know, yes, it, it had its stuff. But for that time, um, seeing gay people, queer people on a screen um, was huge. It was big. And it's a big part of me. So anyway, we're in Woody's. But here's the thing, and Dirk laughs at me, and we're sitting at the bar drinking our drinks, and all of a sudden a drag queen comes out and starts singing one of the songs from Queer as Folk, and I start bawling. Come on, that's like serendipitous. Like That's like I was meant to be here at this moment for that. And Dirk turns around and goes, stop it right now. You stop crying. I can't. It was a beautiful moment. And never like, mind, never mind that I had my moment like years ago. Right. So you, you tried to deny me my own right and you had your own. I was like, this mother. Anyway, um, so yeah, it was amazing and I loved it and it was just great. So being in Toronto is really awesome and it's special for me, um, particularly because I, you know, it's easy for me to get to and stuff like that. But anyway, so it is Pride Month. It's June. And I thought, who else better to talk to about all things queer and pride and, and celebration and resistance and things that sort than my friend Dirk. And so I guess for you, Dirk, and, and Dirk, you know, you're a couple years older than me. And so and, and not that that's not shade for people listening and to you. Um, it's just I think that for depending on what age record you're in, your history and, and with pride and things like can mean something different for people, right? So for you, when you think about Pride Month or any other celebratory month with any of your other identities, mm -hmm. what do those things mean to you? Why are they important? Um, it's important because I think that it, it becomes a way to reflect. Yeah. It, becomes a, yeah. it becomes a way to take pause. Um, as as queer people, we are constantly told that, you know, we need to check our identities mm -hmm. every which way. We mm -hmm. need to behave a certain way. We can't be too queer. We can't be too uh, too flamboyant. We yeah. have to we have to control who we are. Yeah. Um, and and you, it, it's almost permission to mm -hmm. let yourself go. And 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 as and as I say that, I. I struggle with saying like, who do I need permission from to be right, whoever, right, whoever, right, exactly. whoever, whoever I need to be, but it's just one less thing to worry about. Yeah, it becomes one less thing to to care about, um, that you can be who you want to be and not have to have to worry about have to worry about it. Uh, and so I think Pride Month is in a way permission giving. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So, okay, but so, so, so many people would argue, right, you're, we're queer all the time, 365. Mm -hmm. Why a month? Why is it only this month, to put it with your words, that we, are, we have permission now to be ourselves? Like, why don't we do that all the time? I, I, I also think that, I also think that we, we during the remain, remaining part of the year, we forget our history. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why we're here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason why we need to actually memorialize and commemorate mm -hmm. uh, and take up space. And, and, and that's because we, we get lost. I think one of the things about Pride uh, that's so at risk yeah. is the commercialization of yes, it. Yes, that's exactly right? what I was going to get to. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's the very thing that Black Lives Matter TO decided to put a stop to. It says, we've lost our way. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We've absolutely. lost our way. We've lost our, we've lost our purpose. We, pride was born out of resistance. Right, and, right. And, and, and if you ask some of the, some of the today's queers who 
they don't have to come out because yeah. they've, they've, they've grown up in an environment where, right. where being out is, is a, their normal. Right. 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 Uh, and so they don't know their history yeah. and there's no curiosity to know their history. So pride month is a way, in a way you don't get lost in the sea of celebrating other identities. You get to actually, uh, again, and I, as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you saying, Dirk? Because the other part of the, the critical part of me is like, oh my God, can you like imagine what you're saying? Right, because, but, because I don't know that I see Pride Month as a way, I mean, I think for some of us, for us people who would call themselves scholars and who are in academia, people who were around during the time, and, and what we're referring to is Stonewall. And, yeah. it, and, and, and I, and I want to be very clear, though, that Stonewall was not the first time the queer community decided to resist against those who wish to, um, you know... Um, uh, criminalize us. There, there are many, many examples of um, times well before 1969, June 28, 1969, when the queer community said enough was enough. This just had that moment, Stonewall, that night at Stonewall, which for those who may not know, a well-known uh, gay establishment in New York City, um, uh, near... Uh, Christopher Street, or what people call the village, um, you know, the bar was raided many, many times. But this particular night, um, you know, people had enough, and they were like, "Enough, uh, enough is enough." And two, in particular, women who I think we cannot be remiss by saying, uh, Sylvia, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. Johnson, who were two, um, you know, we don't know for sure, right? Um, you know, I think. Back then, they, they were considered drag queens. There are many, many things written about them being trans women. Mm -hmm. um, and they were trans women of color mm -hmm. who started, right? Marsha B. Johnson the one who held up the brick and said, enough is enough. And empowered that group to go, let's push back against the cops who were there tormenting them simply because they were queer. But um, I don't know that I think that people use this month as an opportunity to remember that. Some of us, yes, those who were who were around that time, things that sort, yes, but for the large majority of our community, I don't know that we go, yeah, let's reflect on that. And well, I, I think it's also like, I mean, I also come, living in Canada, I think that I've been able to, um, I've been able to kind of think through the history here, right? And mm -hmm. in 1969, um, Canada decriminalized. 1969, wow. 1969, I, I, uh, with Stonewall happening, like yeah. can Canada decriminalized homosexual acts for consenting adults over the age of 21. Yeah. So again, think about that idea of permission giving in the different context. In a Canadian context, right. the government said, and uh, the, then the Justice Minister Pierre Trudeau, who is the father of Justice yeah, Trudeau, yeah, his father. turned around and said, the state has no place in the bedrooms of the nation. Ooh! Say it again. The state has no place in the bedroom of the nation. AKA, mind your business. <laughs> mind yes. so, your business. So I, and I, but I think that in so many ways, despite that permission given by the government, yeah. there have been struggles along the way, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, absolutely. And, and, and it's like it's this idea that that was not that did not solve everything. Right, right. Right? And right. it doesn't solve everything for all kinds of bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I think that it's beautiful to be able to celebrate being queer. But, I, you know, I, I know that at least many of my friends, too, that's one of the biggest critiques of, like, it's just, like, I don't go to Manhattan Pride in New York City because it is way too commercialized. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes many, many, oftentimes focus on white queer identity and not people of color, cisgender, not trans, mm -hmm. you know, gender non-conforming, all this. It, it's always so monolithic and it's always on men and not women, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's mm -hmm. every... And so I, I go to Queen's Pride. Queen's yeah. Pride for me 
is super diverse. There's brown people. There are trans people. Um, people who proudly call you know say trans right. They they, they identify it in that way. Um, who you meet you know throughout your 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 time there, and it's just amazing. There's you know uh, uh, South Asian dancing, and all the different cultures are coming together to celebrate in that way. And throughout the time, you're also being reminded of the history at, mm-hmm. in Queens Pride. I don't ever see that in Manhattan no, Pride. No. To me, it is a big political. You know, and I, and when I say political, not like pushing back against the government, but like politics within the group of who's the hottest queer and who's the you know who's the and shit who's, this and year who, and who's doing that labor, right? right? Who, exactly. Who are the people doing that labor? Exactly. To kind of remember the history. Exactly. Because often it falls onto bodies of color, Ex- right? So, exactly. Like, and, and and not to mention even like body type within yeah, the queer community, right? If you ain't got abs and six packs and, you know, a bubble butt and all kinds, of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't truly celebrate everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I just can't do Man- uh, Manhattan Pride because it has become all about the corporate sponsorships and th- things of that sort, which is really sad. But I-, I agree. I do believe that Pride should be an opportunity for us to really remember how we got here, how far we come, dare I say progress, but how far that we've come, and but also what do we do moving forward? Yeah. What is left to be done? For, you know, and for me, pride is about being able to celebrate. Like I wear my gay as fuck shirt, you know, and I love I mean I, mean, I wear it 365, but you know, I definitely wear it in June, probably more often than I need to yeah. be. But I wash it, people. Don't don't get don't get it twisted. I wash it. Um, but I am I am extra proud in June, right? Yeah. Because I know that people are out and about. And I, I see the smiles when I'm traveling on the plane uh, with people going, mm-hmm, and, like, you know, giving me a wink. And, you know, and not just men, but women, everything. Um, so, yes, it is. But also as someone who has taught intro to queer studies and someone who just really is into reflecting, this is an opportunity to do that. And I, it just saddens it that it doesn't get done. And I think one of the essence, the essence of pride was fellowship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a community coming together mm-hmm. to feel a sense of solidarity. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, absolutely. whoever your community is, whoever your chosen family is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is what are you doing to come together uh, and to support each other? And to support each other. Right. I mean, but you can even think about a part of the resistance too was this sexual uh, sexual revolution, mm-hmm. right? The idea of like I can have sex with whoever. Right. So, so an- another critique of Pride Month is like. You know, it's like this overly sexualized mm-hmm. um, time of year, but that was also a part of the resistance, right? Because they tried to police our sexual attraction, our romantic attraction, who we have sex with. And so what many of the queer community, and again, most of the history is centered around men, was to push back and go, I'm going to do it everywhere. <laughs> like yeah. literally, right? Yeah. Um, do it everywhere. And so when I critique it, I'm still like, but that was a part of the movement, but I just wish that we could educate the younger generation on, like, you have no idea what it took to get to this place, um, you know, and, and, and things that sort. And it's just such a misopportunity. Misopportunity. It, it is, and I think that it, it, and, and part of it is, uh, part of the, what we run the risk of is, is, is the fragmentation yeah. of it as a result, right? Yeah, With, yeah. And it's an, an intergenerational fragmentation, is mm. that the, the older queer community looks at the younger queer community and, and, and cannot like, cannot understand yeah. who they are. And you know, um, and the the older black community does that to the younger black community. Absolutely. And right, like it's all over like do you have any idea? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and the the answer to that is uh they probably we probably don't. 
yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it, it takes a lot to be able to kind of sit down to educate yourself. Yeah, uh, very true. And, and I think, if, you know, you, you, you talk about what can we do, what should we do. It's like, uh, for the first time a couple of years ago, I went to, I, I, I marched in the trans march. Mm, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah, it was yeah. one of the most, to, to march alongside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trans people, trans people of color. Trans people, and, trans people of color, yeah. and, and walking alongside uh, trans South Asians yeah. uh, was to me. Oh, uh, lo- yeah, absolutely. Was, was was an incredibly moving experience, uh, but an incredible, inc- huge point of learning. Yeah. Be- be- before we get deeper into that, because I, I think that's a really good thing to talk about. So, like, what do we do? Um, to show up for each other and what are those things that people can start doing right now today um, to really start creating the, the stronger sense of community that we need you know I um, I spend a lot of time watching uh, a lot of queer films just because mm-hmm. I, I'm always craving to see people who love like me or look like me on screen and so you know when did um Moonlight come out was that la- this time last year a couple of years I would say was it a couple of years ago no. It came out a couple of years ago because it like not this year, but it like last year kind of won the Oscar, right? Like or, or didn't win the Oscar, but then won the Oscar kind of thing. It's been that long since Moonlight has been out already. Two thousand and seventeen. Two thousand and seventeen was uh, when they won the Oscar. So twenty sixteen. So twenty sixteen when it came out. out. That's two years. It ago. doesn't even feel like it was that that long. Well, two years feels like a long time to me. Uh, Moonlight is now a relic. No way. Yes, twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Oh my goodness. So like. Watching film like that, and, and, and what month was it? Because I, I, I feel like it, they, they, they released this stuff at, you know, the most appropriate time. No, it came out October, um, so far away from, from what's saying. But now we have Love, Simon, yeah. right? And I watched that. I purposely waited to not see it in movie theater, and I wanted to wait until June to see it because um, I heard it was amazing. And, you know, and I, I wanted something new to, to watch during this month in particular. And I watched it. I bought it and watched it the other day. And I must admit, my first critique was sort of like, okay, it's this white kid. Okay, that's not my narrative. But it, it I pulled so much from it because I saw, I could reminisce about my own coming out experience mm-hmm. through him as well, right? Mm-hmm. Everything he was feeling what were things that I have felt, and I'm sure many people have felt at some point mm-hmm. in their realization of their sexuality before they chose to tell other people. Um, and it was just, I was, in, I was bawling, just bawling. And, 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 and at the end, I was bawling when, you know, the kid, you know, came and showed himself and said, it's me, right? I was just like, I was done. I was just done. And, you know, my own coming out experience, I, t- I share it all the time. So if you're listening to this and you sat in, and, in one of my uh, diversity uh, workshops, you've heard this story before. And I think I shared it last episode as well. But basically, it, it, it was a damn keep comedy. Sure, it was sure. right, I know, right? But this month is even more necessary to share. But it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a comedy fest, right? Like, only I would come out in this way. Basically, you know, I went home my freshman year, of, my first year of college, planning to tell my parents and, you know, but still super nervous. Like, I don't, I don't like keeping secrets. Um, I, not my own secrets. Other people's secrets I can keep. Mine, I cannot keep. Um, and because I, I feel guilty for some reason. And I'm like, okay, I got to go home, got to tell my parents. 
and I'm planning on it, but I'm nervous as hell. I'm like, but what if? What happens? You know, and my dad is has never been a stereotypical black man, right? Where you know the media would have you believe that black men are hyper, you know, homophobic. And mm-hmm. my father has never been that way. My my dad can stand in the line at a grocery store and talk to every person in the line. I'm like, Dad, no one wants to talk to you right now. <laughs> Everyone is trying to get home, but like he'll talk to you, and they will talk back, and they will laugh with him, and he la- he's just great like that. And I, I think I get that, get that from him. And my mom has always had you know uh queer friends like you know uncle charlie may, may, may he rest in power uh, he passed away I, a couple days after my birthday when i turned 11 um but you know what's influential in my life as well and so but but you, ne- you just never know right because like it's cool for some people when it's out there yeah. yes. but when you bring that home yes. it's like whoa that's too close right because now that's an image of us right and so i'm just hyper aware of all the possibilities so i get home and i'm getting ready to tell well no, i, I want to tell them but i'm nervous and um, I go out to dinner with my aunt, my dad's sister, and uh, she's driving me home. And she goes, yeah, so, well, you know, when the baby comes, they're going to need more space. And I'm like, baby, who's pregnant? She's like, your mom. I'm like, no, she's not. She's like, yeah, she is. I'm like, wow. Now, my mom and I are very close. My father has always been physically there, but not always emotionally present. So I had to really step up in many ways that, you know, a child shouldn't have to. But my mom have always, her and I are like glue, right? I know her bank account number. I know her PIN card number. I know her social security number. Like, I know it all. And so... I'm like, how would you know all this? And I and, and I wouldn't know. She's like, I don't know, but your mom is pregnant. I said, girl, you know what you're talking about. So she, she talks me off. I, I close the door. I go, bye, girl. And I go in the house, and I'm looking at my mom, and I'm like, oh, shit. She's pregnant. She was actually seven months pregnant. What? Yeah. So when I left for college, she was pregnant and knew it. And so I'm like, I'm pissed because, you know, we, we didn't grow up with a lie, and we had finally, Sean had just gotten i mean I, he had been in school for a couple of years now so you know we didn't have to buy diapers mm. and for you know all the things that yeah, extra expenses yeah. that come with having a, a baby in the house we had just gotten you know rid of all of that and I'm like why are we doing this again and you know and i, I kept thinking about the ways this was going to impact me because now i'm in college and i'm not gonna have to send money home i'm not gonna have to drop out and come home and all kinds of things so i'm pissed i'm sending my textbooks down on the table and my mom's like what's wrong i go nothing i'm fine so are you sure i said I, i'm fine she goes to walk away, and I say, no, I know you're pregnant. And she goes, oh, shit. And my dad's in the kitchen cooking, and he hears what I just said. And so we go into the bedroom, and me, my mom, and my dad, and I go, why didn't you tell me? And they're like, you know, my mom was like, well, we didn't want you to be worried. We want you to enjoy being in college and focus on being a student. And so I was like, that's cute, very well-intentioned, but guess what? Since we all got secrets, I got one for you. I'm gay. How do you like that one? And my mom was like, word, that, that, that's how you're going to do this? You're going you, you, you to just blab it out like that? I said, yup, since we all keeping secrets, let me let mine out too. But my, my mom was like, first of all, I'm your mom. I already knew, right? And so what, right? And my dad was like, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, we know you ain't know. Um, but he was <laughs> like, <laughs> right? But, 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 but he got up and he says, I don't care. I love you. And whoever you bring home, I don't care who you bring home, they just better love you the way we love you. And it was just, and he gave me a huge hug, right? My mom gave me a huge hug. And it was like, yeah. Wait, tell me you reacted to that through that uh, through the anger. Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I was still annoyed, but I definitely reacted because like, I had, I mean, that was a, 
amazing experience, right? Oh, and, and I also want to recognize the privilege yes, that I had, that. right? That is not the norm, right? No. Um, maybe, maybe more so today, right? With parents yeah. who, you know, right? But it still isn't the norm. No. Um, and to have a father and a mom who's like, yeah, like we love it. my dad still asking, are you seeing anyone? And you know, da da da. You know, we talk, and it's just it's awesome, you know. Yeah. So, so that was my that was my coming out experience. <laughs> very, very positive. But I came out as a vendetta. Because I was pissed that they kept a secret from me. So I, I was like, oh, here's one for you then. <laughs> and then that was also the same Thanksgiving that my father found out that my mom named me after her ex-boyfriend in high school. Ooh, my dad was like, what is happening? <laughs> so many secrets. My mom was like, look, he's 18 now. Ain't nothing you can do about it now. So, oh, well. My dad was late to the hospital. She was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is a G. <laughs> no fury. Like, I had the last and first laugh on this one, but yeah. Um, so yeah. So 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 this this you know being queer and being out and being proud. I come out everywhere I am. Every new job, I make it known that this is me, right? Because I want you to know that in order for this space to be inclusive, I need you to know I'm here. Now again another sense of privilege that I have of being able to navigate spaces where it has been okay for me to do that, right? Yeah. Um, but that has always been really, really important to me. So for me, 365 is, is queer. <laughs> it's queer because I'm always out. Um, I'm always proud of that and always celebrating that, but I recognize that for this month, it's especially because it, it should be reserved for remembering that June 28, 1969 when so many people said, enough is fucking enough i also think that we've also in the last like i mean at least in the last two years in the united states realized that there's a there's a systematic dismantling mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. rights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, of access for marginalized communities mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so um we've perhaps taken it for granted a little bit yeah we got a little we got a little yeah. complacent in well, terms of, yeah. you know in, mm-hmm. in terms of uh the eight years prior to in terms mm. of, oh, you know, we are post and insert the blank. Yeah. Racial, mm-hmm. post homophobic, mm-hmm. post transphobic. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so what does that say? What does that say about all of those what does that say about our education system? Of yeah. what we are what we are doing in our classrooms? Well, honey, what they we ain't do- teaching no queer studies well, and no. No, but, it's, but what does it mean to Texas create- ain't putting that in history books? Nope, they're not, and neither is Arizona. But, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but what does it say in the ability to kind of not get complacent? Yeah, right, and yeah. and 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 not that they're about to uh, put queer studies one on one into this into the curriculum, mm-hmm. but what does that mean? What and and mean? what are other ways in which we can supplement the education that children and kids you know young people are not getting in school yeah. because guess what school ain't the only place that children no. are being educated nope. right they're no. being educated by watching tv they're watching Absolutely. which is why so many people push back on hollywood right people are like well what's hollywood's uh, responsibility to be teaching people that's the school's job no it is not but we <laughs> learn from the school i mean yes it is but we learn we learn from school we learn from our peers we learn from the people who surround us we learn from everything we look at but the fact like even even today in this post-truth era mm-hmm. right we know we know that elections or campaigns and hearts are not being won in the newspapers or on tv no. they're no. being won on social media mm. They're being one. They're being one in the ways in which people are getting their information. They're not mm. getting it through newspapers. When was the last time you saw 
Somebody reading the newspaper? Some, a college, a university kid pick up a newspaper. Oh, yeah, no. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, like, no. So right, I think right. that when you talk about progress mm-hmm. and when you talk mm-hmm. about trying to recognize history, yeah. uh, how are we meeting people where they're at to be able to yeah. kind of talk? I mean, I like just, that's just the idea of this podcast, yeah, right? right? As a way to be able to reach... Uh, people in a way that right. uh, uh, we had training, right. training will not because right. who's coming through that door to attend that training right. and exactly. what access and what barriers are in place yeah. for someone to be able to not yeah. uh, go to that or right, right? exactly and so it's like uh, and, and people have their various reasons why they will never step into a into a space to get yeah. trained yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so so going back to, to, to the point you know what you're talking about so what do we do right we can sit here and complain and critique all we want and 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 i believe that there is there needs to be space for people to vent and and be pissed and be angry i think that anger is a huge part of movements and a huge part of what is needed because it's not until we get angry that we start going all right i'm done right anger is what started stonewall rides anger is what got us pride month anger is what got us black history month right all those different things uh you know trans you know um uh, trans awareness like mm-hmm. anger is what got us all those things we were taught it's enough produ- is enough it's a productive emotion absolutely but then at some point we got to figure out okay so what do we do right what's the movement and I love what you talked about sort of like as a you know you're, you're divided as a cisgendered man mm-hmm. right um making it a priority for yourself to march with trans people to show up visibly for trans people and sometimes it means being in the audience right yeah, being yeah. in the audience and showing up yeah yeah uh, and cheering at, at dusk and, and cheering and, right right and, 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 and helping and set up the tables and helping and like, right yeah. doing the, the work that to make like, it easier for and, them to be able to do to use their voice absolutely trans march and the dyke march and yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and where how are you showing up yeah absolutely how are you showing up talking about that because I, I have I get a lot of conversations from people who sit in workshops of mine or just conversations with people in general about most of the time when people define showing up, it means coming out to the marches, going to the protests, things that sort. But is that the only way that we can show up? Or are there not other ways that people can show up that isn't me going to a protest, going to a march and things that sort? Of course there are other ways. Right. (laughs) But, but, But are they as valuable at, like is is going to the protest the creme de la creme and if you don't do that everything else is on a lower tier like what no, does that because mean the other flip side of it is being able to just like articles and share articles on facebook but okay. not really do nothing about it right so, okay so 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 talk to me about that right so, because again i push back on that because you know you take the severe introverted person who's like i'm not i cannot mentally go to into a big ass crowd it's just not gonna happen right but knowing that my you know for example i had a white student who and we were, we were talking more about race for that particular conversation when she mentioned you know i i can't get into the crowd i can't do that it's just it gives me anxiety no matter what crowd it is right but i know that my network on facebook are mixed with people who need to read and need to hear the words and i do a lot of sharing my own thoughts and articulating my own vision on what racism looks like in this country for people of color and sharing those articles and giving my opinion on it. Is that not spreading awareness? It, it is. Right? It is. I mean, I, w- I, would, I would say, like, if you are able and you have the means to give, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Donate. So donate money. Donate, yep. donate to organizations that are on the that front are lines, really, exactly the, on the front lines. ACLU. Uh, yeah. What, I mean, what, what I mean, other? Let's 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 talk about those uh, those organizations that have truly been uh, in a way intersectional in their work. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, you know Black Lives Matter and, and trying to be able to figure out ways in which to give. Do your homework. Yeah. I think that if you want to be able to, you want to be able. If you're introverted. Yeah. And you're sitting, uh, you're sitting on Facebook and figuring out what to do learn do your research read yeah do your research yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, don't just don't just pick do tic-tac-toe and pick the first organization that says they're, right. they're queer right really be able to understand really what that organization is doing what are the what are the where, where right. they come from what were the conditions that led to their formation yeah yeah, yeah. And, and be able to talk to people in your locus of control absolutely. that you can go hey have you heard about this organization and, and, and what they're doing have you heard about what's happening at our borders where children are being ripped from their parents exactly. i didn't get into that because right like that you know what i mean another podcast because right, right well, that's, that's another podcast episode right because you know but to me while this episode is about pride in particular it is about all things and ways in which we stand up right because in fact there are queer undocumented you know immigrants in this country who right right and so they can't come to pride because because the chances are absolutely i I read the article about uh i-93 in new hampshire being uh shut down because ice decided to do an immigration checkpoint wow. in the middle of the street just because right, you know what just because, because it's wednesday you know and and and, yeah. and rounding up people and arresting yeah, them because exactly. they didn't have the right papers or they, exactly. they or they gave the exactly. wrong answer or i was or watching they looked a particular color yeah or, yeah i was watching this video on pbs um that i saw on facebook and i shared it on our page on the let's unpack that facebook page so check that out or on my personal page if you're friends with me on facebook um but uh basically pbs has been doing a lot of great videos and they were following this one particular person uh his name is mateo uh he's a trans man um and um he was undocumented for a large portion of his life i think he's from colombia um and has since i i i'm not i i didn't catch what his uh, um, status is now, his citizenship status is now, but, um, you know, came out as, as a lesbian at first and then, you know, uh, started using he, him, he, him, uh, himself, mm-hmm. uh, and the pronouns and transitioned, um, but talked about his experience being a queer, trans, undocumented immigrant, right? And, I'm, you know, and it just got me thinking that that's another group that, you know, again, while pride is amazing, we don't talk about that group. We don't talk about those, the intersection of those identities. And how do we show up for those people, right? How do we, you and I, right, use our voices to raise awareness about their concerns and their issues when they can, mm-hmm. out of fear, real fear of being harmed, right? Um, yeah. Well, we have that issue here in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, the police have been banned from Pride. Mm. Uh, so that so that did happen. So yeah, be, be, uh, Black Lives Matter to you, but but demands they were. So that was what two years ago the, that I was here because that was the year that I marched with you yeah, with, with yeah, your organization. Yeah, that that was two years ago, yeah, that, and the the yeah. local Black Lives Matter chapter yeah. stopped the stopped parade. parade. They were the they were the grand they were the organization that was the grand marshal at the event. Oh, they were the grand marshal. Yeah, they were. Stop it. Yeah. So it was. It I was did such, not know that. It was such a big deal because it it, it in a way it kind of really. Uh, made people stop and think about like what what is going on and toronto has had a particularly uh difficult time with police it's probably not as plastered in the front pages of uh the north american press yeah yeah on the tvs yeah but we can't turn around and say we don't have racism right absolutely absolutely although 
a lot of people in Canada would like to be able to believe that we are not as bad as the... Uh, well, the child, a lot of people in so, <laughs> everywhere would like to believe that they're better than everybody. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but in yeah. Canada, it's a little more pronounced. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think that I think that um, that was sem- that 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 would that was a changing moment for the community yeah. movement here. So just right? for those who are listening who who don't know what we're talking about, two years ago during the Pride Parade here in Toronto, I was here marching with Dirk um, with an organization that he's on the board for. And the name of the organization is is the Alliance for South Asian AIDS Prevention. Yes. Um, and it's a great great organization and it was it was an honor to be able to to walk with them in, in that parade. I think that was the same year I walked in the parade with uh, Facebook in San Francisco. I was just parade hopping honey. Um, but um we so we we hadn't even started marching yet and it was hot as hell, and all of a sudden we couldn't move because, and, and reports started coming in through Twitter and through all the news that Black Lives Matter Toronto had had start, they sat on the ground and prevented the march from continuing um, and from starting. And I was like, wow, that's it. But I did not know that they were the marshal of the parade. That that's even yeah, more they, profound. They, they, they were the and, guests, yeah. And they presented the executive director with a list of demands and yeah. one of the demands was to prevent the police from being a part of Pride. But there are other demands also. And, right, of course. Yeah, increasing yeah. funding right, for, for uh, communities of color. Of color everything, right. You know, and because not, so many just, not, away. Just the, not just the black communities. Right, right. But trans, people of color, South Asian. Right. To be able to involve more of those communities in the exactly. creation of Pride. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. they were very... They were, those those demands were material and those yeah. were deep and those were well thought yeah. out demands yeah. uh, because they were needed. Right. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It, it, so yeah, that I think that's even more profound now, knowing that they were con- they were the marshals for the parade that year. I, I thought they had kind of walked off the yeah, street. They, they, they were the honored. They were the, they were the honored group. I think that wow. that's what the, that's what they call. That's what they call it. Gotcha. They have a grand marshal and, so, and then okay. they have the honored group. Wow. That they kind of. They were, so so they were the honored group. So, so badass. I was so, I was so proud. I was so proud because at first I was like I didn't know what was going on. I was like, "What is happening?" And then I heard like, "Oh, never mind. Do you think, girl?" <laughs> I was like, "I'll wait. I got a fan <laughs> and I got water. You go ahead and do what you got to do, honey." Um, but yeah, I, I just think that pride should be a time where all of those, those identities that exist within the queer community, uh, people people with, with disabilities, right, yes, older queer people, right, like everyone should see themselves and be represented in this space as a, a group that is still fighting to keep its rights and to get more rights and things that sort and we just we just miss the mark so much because I think we're so I think the community for me is materialistic and we like the material piece of it and the fabulousness of it all but don't think about the the, the messy dirty part of it of fighting for our rights um, and supporting those who don't who have even less rights than I, than us mm-hmm. than some of us um but yeah, yeah. So donate, use your social media platform, educate those around you, right? Share those articles, share your thoughts on what yeah. you on what I, you're thinking. I, I, that's such a great that's right? such a great point because it's not enough to just share. Right. I, I, it's not enough but to just share. But what do you think? What do you How think? do you articulate what's going on? Um, because I do believe, you know, I have students of mine who say, like, I have parents who voted for Trump. Or I have, I have uncles who are, so I make sure I share and talk about stuff on Facebook because I know they're looking and they're watching. And sure enough, my, my students would say, 
all the time. And I go home for, for Thanksgiving or Christmas break and that my parents or my uncle or my aunt or my cousin will start a conversation with me. And now and, and now we're sitting at the dinner table having a damn dialogue about why it's problematic. And so it's doing something. It yeah. is doing something. It shifts the Right? Um, and also going to the marches and the protests and things like that. So like all of that is necessary, right? Like we, we need so much people doing everything that we possibly can do to meet these issues at every single angle. Um, but mm. at the end of the day, I do think things need to be said. You need to, whatever, however you get it out, it needs, it needs to be done in that way. It's not an, yeah. What I will say, it is not enough to just sit here and read and go, oh, I'm educated on the issue. Okay, but how are you passing that knowledge along? And and to not, not be complacent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because... Because uh, many of our communities have gotten complacent. You know, and are kind of just over it, right? I mean, and, and and at the end of the day, too, I feel like I think people are tired. I think mm. I, th- I think people are exhausted. Yeah. I, I I like to give people the benefit of the doubt that people are just exhausted from the fighting and would just much rather just go. You know what? I'm good. But even that, <laughs> but, but even that, so much of that is privilege, right? So much of yes, being able being able to being able to sit back and be like. You know, I'm going to know there are some bodies that can't yeah. afford to. That's true. That can't afford true. to rest. That's uh, true. Yeah. You know, it is literally life or death. You know, to take that to the, un- tell that to the undocumented uh, queer trans person uh, that is literally fighting for their right to live and their right to exist right now um, yeah. in this world. So. Yeah. It's, 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 re- it's, re- it's really wild. Um, I was trying to look up a number that... Um, that I wanted to to share as just a, a as a group that really just cannot afford to you know not fight and not push forward. So I you know and and for me that group is the trans community, right? So in, in twenty eighteen alone, we've had twelve transgender people fatally shot or killed, right? In, in th- this year, and that is as of. Trying to think of when, trying to see when this page was, and this is from the Human Rights Campaign um, organization um, reporting this. But right, like literally, like life or death. This is not just about you know people calling me a faggot or people you know calling other derogatory ter- names and things like. This is literally someone saying your life is not worth the breath you have, right? And deciding to take your life away from you. Um, so yeah, I, I agree that you know. There are groups of people who just can't afford to go, mm, I'm tired, I'm done. That we must, and that's, that's why I think allyship is so important, right? People critique that that word so much, but I need people who are out there who may not be trans, who may not be queer, who may not be people of color, who may not be people with disabilities out there fighting. Because, yeah, it is exhausting when you have to both live the life and fight for it. Um, those things are really, really important. So, um, yeah, that's all I really... That's all I got. I, uh, Any final thoughts? Be an accomplice. Talk to me about... Um, un- un- unpack that, Dirk. <laughs> what do you mean by be an accomplice? Because uh, I mean that that sounds similar to allyship, but go well, ahead. Well, an accomplice is willing to take a bullet. Mm. So put my body on the line. Yeah, is it willing yeah. to put my body, yeah. body on the line for someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which could be the equivalent of... You know, white people standing in front of, you know, black people when the cops show up and go on. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, Absolutely. because it's easy. I mean, that word ally has been thrown around and branded and yeah. and taken away from our community. The, the, so the meaning much. of, right, the exactly, exactly. Um, and, and I don't believe it's a noun. I believe it's, a, it's, it's, action. A, it's an action. It's an action, it's an action word. And yeah. so to, to move beyond that uh, and, and, and this idea of being an accomplice is, comes from uh, Linda Tuiwai Smith, who is an indigenous scholar, mm-hmm. uh, a Maori indigenous scholar, um, that has done some tremendous work around uh, decolonization. And is uh, she here in, in Toronto? No, or? no, she's not in Toronto. She she she's based out of uh, she's based out of uh, New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand. Like okay. I, I think that name sounds familiar. I have um, to look her up. Okay. But uh, her most famous book was decolonizing methodologies yes uh, i yes yes but yep. but yep. but but uh, i was at a conference with her um and she was doing a she was doing a circle um a teaching circle with graduate students and nice. she said that and that kind of stuck with me and she's she done said, research she has she's, research she's, yeah, she's on research being an accomplice and she's like, yeah, she's, but she's, on that particular topic but yeah she's talked okay. about it right so in, terms of, in, in terms of in terms of and in terms of if you think about uh uh uh, indigenous um, communities mm-hmm. who are constantly under the assault. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, they don't. Who we get, didn't even they, talk about, right? They, exactly. They don't yeah. even. They don't even get to exist in this current right. moment. They're, right. they're seen as relics of a past. Right, right. Uh, they're seen as if they don't exist uh, in our yeah. contemporary moment. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, for me, to even fight for the right to survive and be heard in a space that yeah. does not. Even recognize uh, your existence. Not even recognize your existence. Yeah. Uh, across communities of color. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so right. white people. And that is also the the idea. Yeah. That, and that is also the idea of like, you know, uh, the divide and conquer idea. Yeah, uh, of the colonizers. Like uh, we we are all trying to compete for pole position. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing I would talk about in my queer studies class where we talk about you know throughout all throughout history you see examples of you know, us leaving each other behind in order to get what we need, right? So poor white people did it to black people. Black people did it to the queer community. The mainstream queer community has, has done it to the trans community, right? We've done it to indigenous people, right? Like, it's just kind of, and, and, but all because we were told that if we joined with that group, it's we a, wouldn't get what we needed. It's a false promise, right? Right, right. It, it is It is the myth. Right. It is the myth. It, that it, it, everybody it can't be free at the same damn time. Yeah, yeah. And, and and for once, I would love to see an opportunity where someone goes, okay, well, then guess what? I guess we'll just be fighting together because I'm not leaving them behind. Right? I'm, I'm not going to go, oh, I, we'll come back for you. No, it's either all of us mm. or none of us. And we're going to keep pushing back against you. Um, yeah, it, it's that, that, that that's, that's a piece that I talk about all the time that is really sad to me to think how far potentially we could have gotten a long time ago if all of us really stood our ground and said, no, 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 you're not going to get us that way. Um, you, 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 we're going to come together, right? I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. One of my favorite quotes from Maya Angelou's poem, um, uh, Our Grandmothers, right, that it's me, but it's all of us that have been working for this for so long. Well, that's all we got for you people. Um, that that took a, a very different turn. I love, this, this, this was my goal for the podcast, was that, yeah, we have a topic and we have something I want to start with that as a foundation for the conversation, but that, it, that we go where our emotions take us and talk about things that really matter to us. And to me, those are the really good conversations, right? The mm-hmm. conversations I remember having in college when you're up until 3 a.m., just unpacking everything under the sun with your friends and stuff like that. But in this world... There's nothing mm-hmm. 
that does not have emotion wrapped around it. Absolutely. Right? And that isn't that doesn't connect with something else, right? Like everything we talked about is a chain of of events and emotions and issues that all impact each other, right? So it's all Related. Be emotional. Right. Be proud. Lord Be knows emotional. I am. Man, I was on the damn plane coming back from San Francisco a day ago watching that movie Wonder and was bawling my eyes out in front of the And I was here for it. It was amazing. If you haven't watched that movie Wonder, watch it. Watch Love, Simon. That's also a really good film. Um, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen the movie Moonlight, I don't know where you've been, but go see that too. Um, that film. Wait. No. You haven't seen it? Oh, I've seen it. Oh, I'm about to say. But it was, was, it's funny because like when you mentioned Moonlight, I was like, I was thinking about a film that I just saw recently uh, called Evening Shadows that mm. was about a coming out experience in uh, in India. Oh, wow. And and it moved me because I saw myself right. in that. Right. In a way that you said you saw yourself in Moonlight. I loved Moonlight. Don't yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I, but yeah, it's, right, it, absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. But it's also, it's about seek that out. Yeah, seek, absolutely. Seek out seek out media in this age of social media and this mm-hmm. age of uh, online distribution. It's important. Uh, it's important. It, 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 it really, really, it really is. Um, but yeah, happy pride, everyone. Happy pride. Go out and shake your ass and, and have fun and sweat and be safe. Please be safe. Go in groups. Be, you know, watch out for each other and have fun and be proud. But also think about when Pride Month is over, all the confetti has been wrapped up and cleaned up and all the banners have been put away and all the hot promotion items are gone. What do you continue to do? How do we continue making Pride a 365-day event where we're always resisting, always pushing forward, and always bringing people along with us, particularly those who are the most marginalized and need people to be there for them? Um, I've been your host, Cornell Woodson, and my friend Dirk Rodericks, who I call Dirk Von Rodericks. Uh, He's so damn smart. Um, Thank you for joining me, and thanks for allowing me to stay in your apartment and crash for free. I love it, Um, and I love you. All right, y'all. We're going to go see Sam Smith tonight, so I'm extra excited. All right, have a good one. Until next time, bye.